Welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. Powered by ShirtAgency.com. Get ready to take a trip inside the apparel industry for the best tips, tricks, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Cole Lundstrom. Hello. So this week I have two absolute T-Shirt marketing geniuses. Jordan and Ross have been selling hundreds of thousands of t-shirts online and they're going to absolutely blow you away with all their tips and tricks i'm hoping to have them back a little bit later in the year to go into detail but in this episode it's a wonderful overview of all of the different uh platforms they employ so without taking up too much time in the beginning hey guys why don't you introduce yourselves yeah so my name is jordan lamb our business is eastcoastcotton.com my main role is uh, facebook marketing um, specifically Facebook advertising. Yeah, cool. So my name is Ross Carroll, and I've been in marketing and software creation, uh, basically online stuff for years and years and years. And together we started a t-shirt company uh, from our background of selling t-shirts online. And I've been in um, doing t-shirts for a long time as well prior to that. Did some on-demand stuff, and then uh, eventually opened our own shop. So that's the shop we're at right now. Yeah. Jordan and I are partners, and he runs a lot of the advertising, and I lot, run a lot of the production, um, doing that kind of stuff now. So together, we also do some marketing training and things like right. that. Yeah. So we have a website, Killer Cotton Media, if you want to learn some more. So we're well deep into online marketing, uh, done over half a million in paid advertising this year alone. So uh, we know our stuff and are excited to get into this podcast today. Awesome. Well, my first question for you guys is how did you get into the apparel industry? Did you start with Teespring? Yeah, I actually came on with the print-on-demand uh, platform such as Teespring, which, which is where we both got started. Um, and that's what both actually brought us together. Yeah, so actually um, I started a long time before that. Um, back in the day when you could get Google rankings, had a number one uh, e-com store, number one ranking for fishing shirts. And I used to do heat transfers. So I, I hooked up with the local supplier, Alpha Broder, and was printing. Uh, Tampa Bay area has a lot of these transfer companies, Global Impressions and things like that. And I was buying those and selling them through the website online and then just heat press them when I got an order and ship them out, kind of a college business. Uh, let it go for many years after that uh, as I was finishing schooling. Then got into sort of the, the Teespring thing like Jordan was talking about right. when Facebook advertising sort of initially took off. Right. So that's actually how we got started. And then once we hooked up together, I recalled my days of actually having the print, uh, the shirts locally. Um, I still had my account and everything. So we started buying shirts and then using some of the local printers. And then when those weren't good enough, we basically decided to open our own shop. Wow, that's fantastic. How big is your shop right now? We have two warehouses, 5,000 square foot each. One is for uh, shipping and one is for production and sort of our office. So what are you guys using as your main platform for advertising? Is Facebook your go-to? Yeah. Always Facebook, yeah, yeah. yeah. Facebook, it's just such, it's got such a low barrier point to entry. Um, you know, it's cheap. Um, there's so much information out about um, how to get started. Um, you know, it's just a really good starting point to... Um, actually making some money online, especially when selling t-shirts. Yeah, for sure. And back in the day, like I said, Google, you could just pop up a website and get some rankings, throw some keywords on there. Um, it changed. You can't do that any, anymore. And then even their ad platform really doesn't have the same data. Yeah. 
So I mean, we're really getting interested in Instagram lately. Uh, a lot of e-com brands are doing well with that. Um, some really big companies I've spoken with and met with. Uh, YouTube as well, we just haven't got there yet uh, as deeply as we want to. I know, for example, I spoke with Ryan uh, before, and he, he really hit it off with YouTube, and that's his. So it's definitely a great platform, but our personal favorite is Facebook. Yeah. What tips do you have for someone who's starting out on Facebook and they really just know nothing? I mean, there's so much information out there already on YouTube. There's plenty of places you can find some tips to get started. Um, you know, it can go from beginner to very advanced. But, I mean, just get out there. Start playing about with it and, um, you know, see what can come of it. I mean, that's how I started the first year was just mucking around with the advertising platform um, and soon got some sales, you know. Yeah, I would, I would offer some pitfalls to avoid for sure. Um, definitely recommend just trying it out, but keep low budgets. Don't ramp your budgets up. Yeah. Uh, the first mistake I ever made was um, try. I got some results and I was really excited, so I pretty much tripled my budget. And within 20 minutes, I burned through about five or six hundred dollars, and I, I learned to never do that again. Um, so go slow. Take your time. Don't get too excited when you get some results. You really need to monitor this stuff mm -hmm. and and know what you're doing in the sense that uh, you can't just throw money at it constantly and hope it. But the great thing is you can get started for as little as five dollars. Like yeah, exactly. Really yeah, and that's the best way to do it. Is throw you know a budget of five dollars a day or something or ten dollars a day, and start trying some of these things and see what happens. You yeah. know, and and that's the beauty of it. You can really tap into any market yeah. in the next ten minutes. You know, Facebook has data on every kind of passion, hobby, niche you can think of. So, um, um, also big image ads, I would say. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, mainly just image ads we've been using. I mean, video ads are quite hot right now. Um, they've just introduced a new um, image size, 1200 by 1650, um, which is working pretty well for us so far. You know, it takes up a lot of the news feed, so it gives a lot of time for the customer to actually um, stick onto what you're trying to sell them. And big product shots, make sure, because uh, a lot of people buy from mobile these yeah. days, and in fact, the majority. So you want a big product shot on your image. Yeah. So it's very visible. We actually over enlarge our images um, so that you can really see what's on the shirt. But well, we also keep them very simple. We keep them plain white background, just plain, you know, black T-shirt to present the image. Um, we actually found less conversions with using an actual model wearing the T-shirt. So you basically just have a floating T-shirt on a white background? You know, it just stands out. It really pops to the customer. It grabs their attention, keeps them, you know, engaged on what you're trying to sell them. And what is your text like? Does it have a blatant call to action or do you use like silly jokes? We keep it really simple. We, we do this at scale. So we've done a lot of that stuff before. Um, but at the volume we do, it's just easier to put as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. um, call to actions for sure help. If you know, if you only got a few ads out there, you want to really put as much effort into it. Yeah. Um, but for us, we want to get it out there, get it out there often and, and make it visual. Yeah. We want to focus on the visual product aspect. Well, luckily, T-shirts are very visual, yeah. so you know they, that's that's the whole idea. It catches their attention just from the design. What about carousel ads? Are you using those, or are you sticking to a single image? Yeah, we use carousel ads for um, our retargeting. If they come to the site, um, we're going to chase them around the internet, and they'll actually see more of our product because yeah. uh, they were obviously interested. They clicked through. Yeah. And now they're going to get a chance to see some more through some of these carousel. But that, yeah, that's the beauty. You can actually, you know, if they came in on one T-shirt, say they're interested in dogs, um, they can now get presented with our whole collection of dog T-shirts. So if they didn't like the first one, you know, they've still got the whole collection to go through. Um, so carousel ads work really well with that, actually. So what is your funnel strategy? 
Um, are you doing individual landing pages that then give you an email list or is it all just a standalone Shopify? Yeah, so we, we've been working on that a lot lately um, to expand sort of the sales and, and the funnel side of things or the back end. Uh, we have a collection of emails for abandoned cart. We have um, the buyer emails, obviously. And what we're basically trying to do is have good email sequences to follow up um, with non-customers and customers. So say somebody comes and goes to the store, doesn't buy, we can still remarket through email to them because they've entered their email, got to that part of the cart. And that works great. We make a bunch of sales from email. Um, we're working on, th there's some new software that just released that allows us to do single product with full uh, sales funnels behind it. So they can buy one and then we offer them a lot of additional things. And that's actually within that. our Shopify store. Yeah. So it keeps it all in one central hub. That's cool. So you're doing upsells on your t-shirt sales. Yeah, with, with different products and even uh, additional shirts or bundles um, or, or, hoodies or boxes you know. like recurring. Yeah, right now we've been working on it this week. So there's yeah. a new app for our e-commerce platform that just released. Um, so we literally set that up Monday. I think that's when it launched. Monday, yeah, um, sure. We've done similar tests with other things. It's just the integrations were a little more technically complex. complex and it wasn't it was actually outside of our Shopify yeah. store platform so but we've done tests on that and that stuff works really great and yeah. in fact sometimes selling sending to a giant store is not the most effective way you because, really want to yeah there's technically too many distractions on a big giant yeah. store whereas a funnel page is kind of simple clean straight to the point you want them to buy the t-shirt which you know defaults to increasing your conversion rate yeah for sure and, and sometimes having too many choices or most of the time in marketing having too many choices uh, kind of short circuits the buyer and, and they end up not buying. That's awesome. It's like a click funnels, uh, but for Shopify. So if you had to start over and you had none of your infrastructure and you were just given a thousand dollars and a laptop, how would you spend the money and get started again? Well, for me, I'd start with drop shipping. Um, you could set up a Shopify store and I actually did this one day for a fun test, uh, set up a Shopify store, loaded up with, uh, different dropship mm -hmm. products and start even print on demand or print on demand yeah. shirts, whatever and started to run some ads and, and basically took a brand new store from zero to 60,000 the first month in sales wow what was your ad spend on that um, honestly I couldn't tell you right now but generally ad spend is 25 20 30% somewhere in that range we like to say the 25% but it's sometimes around 30 35% yeah, that's great. If you have a healthy margin, then that's a, a great business. And especially with Dropship, you can load it up and start selling immediately or even the on-demand mm -hmm. stuff. And literally your, your main focus is getting the customer there. What have you learned about targeting? Who do you think are the most responsive demographics? Females for sure. Females, Absolutely. yeah. They love to buy. Whereas women, they love to buy. I, I don't mean to be... You know, sexist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but for sure we've seen that as yeah. a... Big trend online, especially Facebook. Um, but as far as actual targeting, we like to go pretty broad. Yeah, it, sometimes if you get too specific on your stuff, you just you mm -hmm. kind of reach the whole entire audience too fast. Yeah. We like and, to have big scalable campaigns. You know, we can spend a bunch of money and reach a couple million people. And the great the great thing as well now is Facebook's so advanced with its pixel data that they can kind of pinpoint and show the ads to the right people that are actually going to purchase your items based on your previous data, your previous buyers. So then how are you split testing um, your data and your ads? Are you just sending the same list new products over and over? Yeah, I mean, we're not really 
mean, we've, we've tried split, split testing in different ways. We've, we've tried like splitting down per age group. Um, the only really split test we do now is like different ad images. Um, but we, we generally keep it quite broad. You know, if a t-shirt doesn't work, maybe we'll, we'll redesign it um, and send it to the same audience. Maybe we'll test some different interests with that targeting. Um, and, and when you do this enough, you start to see um, sort of click-through numbers and um, frequency numbers. So if, if they're seeing your ad too much, uh, if, if your target ad is just way below a normal range of cost per click or CPM or um, click-through ratio, then there's, there's, there's no signs. point splitting it. You yeah. just know you need yeah. to do a different ad or, or start over, basically. Yeah, I don't know. Splitting... Um adds up too much via age, male, female. I find it kind of confuses the the new Facebook pixel. Um, we've just generally seen better results just by doing broad ads, um, you know, keeping everyone together and letting Facebook's pixel do the work. So when you're looking at that data, what metrics do you go on? Um, are you looking at cost per click or is it just the final conversions that are your metric? We've seen in some of our campaigns a ton of clicks, and they actually made less sales um, than the ones that we were running simultaneously. If you've got a ton of clicks and it looks like all your other data is good, you know, you've got a good relevance score, you're getting great CTR, it's generally to do with your design. If that happens, we would probably do a redesign and test it to the same audience with the same setup and see if it makes a difference. Um, we found the customers are very picky about what designs they actually purchase. So they might like the idea of the design. Yeah, for um, sure. But, you know, it might not be right for them. You know, they, they don't like the actual way it looks. They might they might relate with the slogan or, you know, it might um, relate back to them. But Yeah, we had a simple one. We sold something like 10,000 units of it. And we did a redesign, redesign. of it. And it just flopped. We sold maybe we 100 sold, or like, something. Yeah, hardly <laughs> and it was oh, basically wow. the same audience, same, same concept. Mm -hmm. It just, if, if your audience is there and they're interested, they're going to be clicking. Um, but our final metric really is cost to revenue, right? Like we, like you're asking, we want to keep that ad cost down to ideally 20%. Um, and if we're not hitting those numbers, even if we're getting all the clicks in the world, uh, we need to scrap it or, yeah. or at least lower the budget. Yeah. What do you do to manage all the design changes? Do you have an in-house graphic designer? Or are you outsourcing that online? We started with a lot of different designers. We actually mm -hmm. advertised locally and had a lot of weird people show up. Yeah, haven't had much luck with that. Um, but we've, we've, I've got a lot of experience from my software company and working with people all over the world. So we actually have designers uh, overseas mm -hmm. that work with us full time uh, that now know everything. They know how to split up the right. um, AI files and the layers. They're extremely and, familiar with the process. Yeah. yeah local if we could we just haven't found yeah. some good that, that'd be the only you know downfall of having someone outsources the time zones and having that constant communication um is a little tough yeah i can totally see that happening um some of the people that we've dealt with here in la are really talented at just their style so it becomes pretty difficult to uh make corrections and they they become a little too artsy about it <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that a lot of the people that came in we had the same issue you know, they were very stuck in their ways. Like some guy wanted to like draw everything out, like very particular on paper before he puts it into Photoshop. And it was not the kind of thing we were looking for as far as like scalable designs. Yeah, totally. And how many designs do you guys have in your arsenal now? Uh, is it like a thousand plus designs? I would say so. Yeah, sure. but you know, we, we kill a lot of them because it's, yeah. it's really about testing. 
So when you say A-B testing, it's not so much A-B for us in the HADS. It's more design testing, and we're just looking for that interaction. And when we find a good right. audience, we're going to hit them with something until they really love the, the design itself. You know, we, we, we try and aim for 10 designs a day, and maybe two or three of them will take off. Maybe one of them will be a real hot seller. Is all of this coming out of your main Facebook page, or do you have individual audience-themed pages that you're managing? It's a strategy I know a lot of people use in what we're doing. We haven't. We've just um, come out of our main brand page. Um, yeah, maybe that's something we need to test. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've well, when we started with the whole on-demand platforms, uh, we did it through individual pages. But now that we actually have a shop and we're doing yeah. a lot of this ourselves, we're trying to we're trying to build that brand. Like we're trying to get as much itself, exposure yeah. of that brand as possible. You know, turn it into a next cafe press or you know a real international brand. Yeah, because at the scale we're at, if we're trying to manage you know 100 different pages in 100 different markets, um, it's just going to be too much to stay on top of for the return. Yeah. Uh, but if you're starting out, it's not such a big deal, and it's probably going to be more effective. So do you think that on-demand systems are the future, or do you prefer to do big bulk orders just for your own sanity in the shop? We do a hybrid, so we actually still love on-demand. There's products that we don't really want to get into. You know, They're just too much of having been in the industry, I'm sure mm -hmm. you can relate. There's some stuff you just don't want to print. It's just right. too much of a hassle, um, small quantity stuff, certain products that are difficult or inconsistent in printing. So all those, we'd love to keep selling it, let the professionals do it. Let's right. take our cut on the stuff that we know, you know, the big volume um, stuff, and, and and we can use yeah. the t-shirts, you know, it's a we, you know, because we've got the potential and we've got great margins because we're actually printing the stuff ourselves. We can use them t-shirts as entry points, um, like what we're doing with the funnels to lead up to more expensive products, or you know, to dive to diversify a bit and um, make more on the back end. Thanks again for stopping by. Uh, my last question is, what would you say to somebody who is just starting out? What's your last piece of advice? Just start. <laughs> just get out there, you know, try and grab as much training as possible. I mean, there's loads of stuff out there. Yeah, just jump on. Don't be afraid. And, you know, it's like what Ross was saying earlier. Start small with the money. Don't go too crazy and just spend too much. But test here and there and you'll quickly pick up what's working, what's not. Right. I would say if you're looking to do something on Facebook in particular – Find an audience first, and the audience is where your money is going to be, not necessarily the product. There's there's a million products mm -hmm. uh, for every market. Right. Find the audience. Go like a lot of the pages those people are liking. Um, find other fan pages, and just do a little bit of studying to see kind of what they're into, what they're buying, what they're talking about, and then um, focus on what, what part of that market you're going to speak to. And the more directly you can speak to a market, the better off you're going to be. Right. So with on-demand, you can really have customized stuff for a very particular group of people. So, you know, somebody who, um, I don't know, a crazy example would be, and I think we've sold this shirt, uh, I just want to drink wine and pet my cat or something. <laughs> you know, it's very specific. you got people who like wine, people who like cats. How did you know me so well? Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and you're going to be able to give them exactly what they want with an on-demand product, and you're going to make sales. The audience may be tiny, but you're going to be able to get started. You're going to be able to make some sales hitting a very particular audience that you know exactly what they're into. You can go like wine pages, find the most popular wines. You can go find cats and see. It's 100%. Learn, pick a market, learn the yeah. market, read the magazines, go find websites, like learn everything you can. 
um, to get started in that market to find out what they want. And, and, you, and then they're there. The products are everywhere. There's there's a zillion products of all different kinds. You got yeah. computer cases and phone cases and mugs and yeah. shirts and you know it's endless. Um, but if you can't understand the market itself, you'll never be able to speak to them. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who wants to know more about marketing, uh, they should go to KillerCottonMedia.com, right? Yeah, so that's, we got a sign-up form there. What we're going to be doing with that is just sending out an email every once in a while. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to blast your email every day. Um, just when we got something cool going on, news in the industry, yeah. Facebook just some training, some updates. Yeah, and... stuff like that. We're going to send it your way. Um, doesn't cost anything, uh, but we're happy to share some of our knowledge we've learned over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody needs tips and tricks, no matter how long they've been doing it, just to stay on top of the game. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, us ourselves, we're always learning new things every day. We always keep our eyes and ears out for the next best thing um, as far as the Facebook advertising and anything else. So, Cool. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much. You threw a lot of really great information at us. Uh, I think it was a really good, good episode. Cool, man. Happy to be here. Anytime. Talk to you later. All right, right you too. Have a good one. Appreciate it. See ya. Bye. That concludes our episode. Thanks again to Ross and Jordan for all the great info. So, a little bit of news. We only have eight tickets left for the March 25th and 26th screen printing class. Um, We're going to be teaming up with Ryonet to do it again. And we're going to teach you guys how to go from absolute beginner who's never printed a t-shirt all the way to starting your first business. Once again, the dates are March 25th and 26th, and if you're interested, head to ScreenPrinting.com, click the Learn button, and sign up for the Los Angeles class. It's going to be held here at Shirt Agency, and I hope to see you. All right, guys, have a great week. Bye.